Uh, my name is Katie. You guys probably recognize me from walking up that side of the platform to lead host. And it's an honor to be able to walk up the other side, the other set of stairs, uh, to be able to deliver the message today. We're concluding our focus on Bible engagement. And I'm going to go over just some tools and how to do that. Uh, let's start in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I don't know about you, but it sounds pretty good to me to be equipped for every good work that happens in my life, right? And do you, the question is, do you feel equipped? When you go into your day, do you feel like you are equipped to do what God has for you? Uh, but as we've gone through the month of Bible engagement, and maybe, you know, you've had an increase of hunger, you've learned about how to metabolize um, the Bible into all aspects of your life, maybe you're left with a question of, well, that's great, but I don't really know where to start. I don't really know how to do that. Um, I don't feel like I have the right tools. And that brings a story to mind. Uh, you may not know this about me, but I love to build things, um, whether it is from scratch or restoring something that's old, or I love putting things together, whether it's toys at Christmas or whatever it is. And several years ago, um, I was putting together a dresser from Ikea and I needed a hammer uh, to get those little dowels in. And I go to my toolbox. I've had this toolbox since I was six years old. And I opened it up. I, I'm not exaggerating. My family's right there. They can validate it. Um, I open it up. There's glasses in here. There's this weird brush. There's no, there's no hammer in here though. And this was years ago, I do have a hammer now. Someone very graciously offered to give me a hammer after the last service. I do have a hammer. Um, uh, but when I went to it, it had nothing. It just was weird, a collection of weird brushes. And I was like, how in the world can I say I like building things and I don't have a hammer? That is the simplest of tools, what in the world? And that it's a very simple, kind of silly story. Uh, but it's a metaphor that I've carried with me uh, through these years of do I have the right tools in my toolbox to accomplish the goals that I have and the things that God has set before me when it comes to spiritual development, leadership development, what have you. So my question for us today is, do you have the tools in your toolbox to engage with the word of God so much more than check a box, I read the Bible today. Do you have the tools to have the Bible permeate every aspect of your life? And at Trinity, we want to equip you to be able to engage with the scripture in that way. And that's what we're gonna be focused on today. Now, before we go in to those specific tools, just a couple things about tools. There are, just like when you're building something, you need different tools for different projects or different seasons of your life. There have been seasons of my life where my headaches were very intense and I wasn't able to read scripture because it would, reading would cause an increase of my headache. And so I relied on tools like audio Bibles to hear the word of God. I relied on music um, to be able to hear the scriptures through music. Um, and then in seminary, I used all the tools in a super in-depth way to complete my studies. So all that on the spectrum. You also, there, tools are not really beginner or advanced. 
I've used a hammer since I was six years old. I still use a hammer to this day. That's a very basic tool, but it's an essential tool in my toolbox. So, and all tools also, they have the power to be used in a negative and positive way, right? I can use a hammer to build a wall. I can also use a hammer to tear it down. And unfortunately, we don't have to think that hard about how the Bible has been used as something to bring shame and guilt to others instead of bringing us closer to God and closer to others. So with these tools, I just caution you to not have them in your back pocket so you can win an argument against somebody. The purpose of the Bible is to draw us closer to God, have us fall more in love with Jesus, and that brings us closer to one another. And lastly, tools are meant to be shared, right? I love my friends that have really great workshops and expensive tools that I don't have to buy, and they let me come over and use them, right? Because it's also, it's not only cost effective, it's also I get to learn how they use those tools. And the same with Bible engagement. When I am sharing how I use a tool, or I'm hearing from someone else how they use a tool, um, I learn from that, and then I can try that and see if that works for, for myself. So Pastor Marvin started this month with a framework for how we can consume or engage with the Word of God. And it was these six things. Hear it, read it, study it, memorize it, meditate on it, and write it. Now within this framework, there are a lot of different tools we could cover, right? So I'm just gonna cover a few um, and then you also have a handout in your bulletin uh, that has just a comprehensive list of different tools and different ways to study the Bible um, that you can refer to later. So the first, first way we want to look is memorizing, so scripture memorization. This can be done a lot of different ways, whether it's predetermined cards, like a pack of cards that you buy, or you just write the verses on a piece of paper or a three-by-five card, or maybe you make an iPhone background of that verse that you're wanting to memorize. Um, that's really the how. So we have these cards. If you're like, I don't know where to start, um, we have these cards. They're 15 Bible verses. You can get them in the resource center. And this is a great way. My mom used cards like this um, all of my life. She had a little pack of cards, and we would be driving places, and she would be reciting scripture. And as a kid, I loved it, right? I loved that. No, there was times I didn't. Um, <laughs> But those verses, that I, I know those verses. And one of the times we were in the car and my mom was reading over verses and I started asking her questions as a little kid does. And it ended up, uh, we prayed and I started my relationship with Jesus in our minivan. Um, because of witnessing my mom having scripture a part of her life every single day. She had them at the sink as well. So if you don't know where to start with memorizing verses, I'd encourage you to pick these up. Now, that's more the how, but why, why memorize scripture? Like, why does that really matter? And the reason it matters is because when you're out in the world, um, you wanna have that scripture at the ready in your heart. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was trying to fall asleep, and I just started getting hit with a bunch of anxiety and just like negative thoughts, and I was just kind of chaos, and what came to mind first was a song, because I have a music playlist that's just basically scripture, um, and it's a song called Sound Mind, and it says, a sound mind for a spirit of fear, a sound mind so that I can see clearly. And I started saying that over and over again, and that led me to the verse of Second Timothy, 
uh, 1-7 that says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of one of power, love, and sound mind. Now, you may have noticed I looked down when I did the reference. I'm not great with memorizing references. Um, and that doesn't really matter. Um, what is important is that you know what the words say. So you can recall that, you know, God's not like, well, she didn't say 2 Timothy 1.7, so I, you know, I can't, you know, she, that, that's not how God works. So I just, com- I just kept reciting that scripture over and over again. God, you did not give me a spirit of fear. Uh, I receive your sound mind. I receive your power. I receive your love. I said it over and over again, and the anxiety lifted. And that is why you memorize scripture. So when you are in a situ, you find yourself in a situation, you can recall it. Or if you're talking to someone, you can bring up scripture to them as an encouragement and as a comfort. So that's the why with that. The next one is discovery Bible method. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Pastor Marvin has gone over this this month. And actually, last week, if you were here, when he did the parable of the good soil, and he read the scripture, and then he asked the questions, what did you like about that? What bothered you about that? That's part of the discovery Bible method. It's a series of questions about, how, uh, about the scripture to better understand it. We have these cards out in the atrium that you can get that go over that whole process. So the one that we are going to spend our time on is word studies. And I have found word studies to be one of the most effective ways that I engage with the word of God. A word study is the process of focusing on a word or a phrase and how that is used throughout scripture. Now, you don't need a seminary degree to do this. Anyone can do this with any word. And the why behind it is because of a word study that I did several years ago. Um, It's the most impactful one I've done. It started in verses of Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 that say, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin, sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for, for, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now I came to this verse because I heard a teaching on the historical context of the cloud of witnesses and what that would have meant to the Jewish people. I'm not gonna tell you what it meant. Um, You can find out yourself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when I looked at those verses, what really hit me was the uh, run the race with the path set before you, marked out before you. And the reason that hit me, because I was in a time of my life where I was really trying to make something happen in my life. Um, I was really striving in my career, trying to figure out, trying to, you know, kind of negotiate things, get things um, to happen the way that I I wanted them to happen. So just like maybe you've had that with scripture, uh, when you hear scripture and it kind of hits you between the eyes, like that's what happened. So I spent a couple months Uh, learning what scripture had to say about the path set before us and what that meant. And then I did it for a couple of months and then I was in a car accident. Now, the car accident wasn't um, too serious of a car accident. What made it serious uh, was that I have a history of brain injuries and concussions and that car accident was my 10th mild to severe concussion. And the doctors just say, it's kind of like a rubber band getting stretched and snapping. 
and that was what happened. My balance was very poor, and I was having trouble, like my brain just wasn't firing as quickly as it was supposed to. It's kind of hard to describe, but what that looked like, I would say like, I need a drink of water, and I would go to my kitchen, and I would be like, okay, here's a glass. How do I get water in here? Oh, a sink has water. Okay, how do I get water to come out of the sink? Oh, I turn on the faucet. Okay, I need two hands to hold the cup, and then I drink it. Like, all of those steps that our brains so just magically and masterfully uh, do automatically, I was having to think through every single step. And that's where I was finding myself. So I wake up the next morning, and I am trying to brush my teeth, and I'm standing in the bathroom, and on the bathroom wall, I have this bulletin board. And there's two cards written on it of the Hebrews verse, because I had been studying it. And I had written them out, and every day I would read over it um, in the morning. Well, that day, I couldn't really see that well, but I had, had I have that verse memorized, and so it was hidden in my heart. And I just kind of laughed, like, run a race. I can barely stand here. I can barely brush my teeth. I'm not running anywhere, let alone running with endurance. And I remember looking in the mirror and just kind of praying like, God, I will crawl, but I can't run right now. You're gonna have to run for me. You've marked out this path. You are the author and perfecter of my faith. And I'm going to trust that the path that you've marked out for me is a good one. Now, I don't say that as like, isn't that cool how I responded? Um, <laughs> not at all. Uh, I say that as a plea to each of you. Please study the word of God. Please. Because when life smacks you upside the head and chaos is swirling around you, the word of God is your anchor. That is what will get you through. The word of God is the truth that will get you through. I've walked the other paths of other things you can hold on to, and it doesn't work. You, the word of God is the strongest anchor in your life. And that's why, that's why at Trinity, we want to equip you to know how to study the word of God. Not so we can all be biblical scholars, but so we can fall in love with Jesus. That's why we're doing this. The Bible is his message to us. And there is so much richness and so much depth, no matter how long you've been a follower of Jesus. So my word study quickly shifted to what does it mean to run with endurance? What does endurance look like in the Bible? How do I run with endurance? And it took me all over the place. I wrote, uh, this is the journal uh, that much of it is covered in. And as I reread this in preparation for the message, what struck me the most was that it's not this scholar says this about this passage, you know, taking notes. It was me copying scripture and then writing a prayer response back to God. And sometimes it was, God, I just don't believe this verse right now. Like, I just, I don't see this, you know, help me to believe this. Raise my level of faith to believe this. And then some time goes by. I did this over the course of a year, taking pretty considerable breaks in between. Um, but I can see the evolution of my faith. 
And that's why I encourage you to journal things because it, it ministered to me all over again because there are st- things I'm still facing in my health and it ministered to me reading through this of like, oh, I do remember that verse and I do remember the truth that I learned in that. So that's the importance of journaling. Uh, now, we're gonna do a word study like because you may be going like, okay, that's great. I get the why, but how do I do this? So I'm gonna show you how. Uh, we're, if you pull out your phones right now, we have a Mentimeter question, because we're going to do a choose-your-own-adventure. Uh, so you guys get to pick which word study we do. So if you go to menti.com, and the information is up on the screen, you can use that code, uh, 276-574-65. And then you can vote which word study you would like us to end with. So the first one is temptation from Matthew 6, 13. That is the Lord's prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, the second one is living sacrifices from Romans 12, 1, uh, where uh, we're told to present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. The third one is just the word redeem. Where does that show up in scripture? Uh, fourth one is steadfastness from James 1, 2 through 4. That's considerate, all joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of any kind, for the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And lastly is worry or anxiety. So take a minute and vote. And don't worry if yours doesn't win. Um, we have... <laughs> I've made a website uh, or a webpage on our website that has all five of them with questions and links and everything to get you started that you can do after. So let's see where we're at. Looks like worry and anxiety is taking the lead. All right, we'll call it. We'll do worry and anxiety. I don't want to make people more anxious waiting, so <laughs> we'll just we'll do that one first. <laughs> All right. Now, a totally acceptable thing to do is to go to Google and type in verses about worry, and then you will get a list of verses. You can totally do that. The reason I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a different way to do it is because when you do that, you're getting someone else's curated list. They are picking scriptures and adding them to their blog or their website. So well, the website I'm gonna show you is called Blue Letter Bible. And Blue Letter Bible is the original text. So the Bible was originally written, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek. Neither language I know or have a desire to learn. So Blue Letter Bible does that for us. Um, So you go to the website. Hooray. Um, And you type in worry at the top. And now this gives you a comprehensive list. Oh, it's a little delayed. It gives you a comprehensive list of every place that worry shows up in the Bible. Now, when I start with a word, if I start with a verse, I can put that verse into Blue Letter Bible. But when I start with a word, then I can, um, then I get all of the scriptures. And there's no, you can start with the first one if that's your personality. You just want to start with the first and study that one and then go to the second one. That's great. 
I tend to go to what did Jesus have to say about this? So Jesus' words and Jesus' life are found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you're new to scripture, I'd encourage you to just get your Bible, every Bible, the first page or two has a table of contents. And so then you can look and just kind of compare with the list of what uh, the book is. So we're gonna select, Elliot, am I good to keep clicking? Okay. He's taken over my computer. Uh, so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Um, and when you click on it, okay, you're going to click through, and you're, what you're getting to is what the Greek word is. And what I do, once I get to this page where I have like, okay, this is what the word means in Greek or Hebrew, I print it off. And it looks like this. It's typically several pages. Um, I print it off because if I'm on my computer long enough, I may be the only one here, but if I'm on my computer long enough, I'm gonna be watching YouTube or Netflix after a bit, right? I'm gonna get distracted. So I print this off and I shut my computer, so then it's just the paper and the Bible. Uh, so then I'm looking through this and I'm going, okay, it says what the part of speech is. So whether it is a noun or a verb, um, and it's very surprising when you're looking at Greek and Hebrew, the number of words that you wouldn't expect are verbs or action words, and they are. So sometimes I come across that and I'm like, wow, that is really interesting. I note it, and then I might be done for the day. I'm not spending hours and hours and hours doing this every day. Sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes it's a half an hour, sometimes it's an hour. Uh, it's just kind of what I have time for and what really hits me. Sometimes something hits me and I'm like, I just gotta sit on that for the day. Um, so I go down there. When you keep scrolling down, you can see um, that it has the different translation counts of how that word is translated. Because the word is not, just because it's worry in English, it could be translated something else. So for worry, it's also translated take thought, be careful, uh, have care. So that's kind of interesting. And I just like write that down in my journal. Everything I'm writing down, even though I have the printout. Um, then it has definitions of how that word is used throughout scripture. And then I keep scrolling. There's a lot of, there's a lot of additional stuff that looks scary because it's all in Greek. I just scroll through that, you know. But you feel smart when you're using this website. You feel very smart. <laughs> so, and then at the end is a list. It's a concordance of all of the ways, all of the places that that Greek word is used. Because remember, it could be translated to a different English word. So it's everywhere that that Greek word is used. Now, we're gonna go to Matthew 6. So if you turn in your Bibles to Matthew 6. And it is page 811 in your pew Bible, 625. Now, this is my Bible. It's also the pew Bible. The reason I bought this one 
is because I have a study Bible that I love, but again, I'm easily distracted, and I was finding myself reading the footnotes and the commentaries more than I was reading the Word of God. So I just got a plain Bible, like the Pew Bible, and you can get them in the Resource Center, and it's just the Word of God. So this is what I always start with. I'll use my study Bible later, but I always just start, I just want to know what the text says. So Matthew 6, verses uh, 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So we'll stop there. It keeps going. But... When I read a verse that's completely out of context, you know, I'm like, okay, I want to understand what's happening in this passage. So I look at the context of the passage. So all that means is I just zoom out and I'll read the whole chapter. I'll look through, it looks, uh, you know, I look at chapter five, you know, Jesus is, it's the Sermon on the Mount and it's a lot of teachings of Jesus. So right before this, he's talking about laying up treasures in heaven, like don't lay up your treasures in heaven. Then it's about fasting. Then it's about how to pray. All of that is leading up to not to to, to be anxious about what's going on in our life. So I'll just kind of write that down. Like, that's kind of interesting. Then I'll turn the page. I'll look, okay, what comes after this? Jesus is continuing to teach. He's talking about judging others. He's talking about the fruit in, in your life. And then having, um, your house built on a strong foundation. And then he goes into healing different people. So I'm just kind of writing all that stuff down. Now, Matthew in particular is quite a large book. So you wanna remember the Bible is a collection of books. And so it's important to know what that whole book is about. The best resource that I can tell you is the Bible Project videos. They are free, they are on YouTube, and they have a video for every single book of the Bible. They also have videos on the different themes of the Bible that you can use um, that are also really helpful, but we're gonna watch um, a video of just a first clip of the book of Matthew from the Bible Project. So let's take a look at that. The Gospel according to Matthew. It's one of the earliest official accounts about Jesus of Nazareth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. The book itself is anonymous, but the earliest reliable tradition links it to Matthew the tax collector, who was one of the 12 apostles that Jesus appointed, and he actually appears within the book itself. For about 30 to 40 years, the apostles orally taught and passed on their eyewitness accounts about Jesus, along with his teachings that they had all memorized. And Matthew has then collected and arranged all these into this amazing tapestry and designed the book to highlight certain themes about Jesus. In this video, we're just going to cover the first half of the book. Specifically, Matthew wants to show how Jesus is the continuation and fulfillment of the whole biblical story about God and Israel. That Jesus is the Messiah from the line of David, that he is a new authoritative teacher like Moses, and not only that, Jesus is God with us, or in Hebrew, Emmanuel. And Matthew's designed this book with an introduction and then a conclusion, and these act like a frame around five clear sections right here in the center, each of which concludes with a long block of Jesus' teaching. Now, this design is very intentional, and it's amazing. Just watch how this works. 
So then he goes through and shows how the different structure and the different stories of Matthew are done and how he wrote that book. So it's super helpful when you're reading a passage of scripture to understand how your set of verses fits in the larger picture. And the Bible Project does a great job of not only showing that, but also showing how it fits into the larger tapestry of the whole Bible. So highly recommend those videos. They're typically about eight minutes. So what I will do is I'll read through the passage, I'll look at the context, I'm taking notes on all of it, uh, because that's how I learn best, and then I'll pop in, I'll go back to my computer and watch a Bible Project video to see the whole book. It's great for book studies as well, um, obviously, because that just gives you a good introduction, but that's what I would recommend. There's also uh, another YouTube channel I'd recommend called Walking the Text, and that is Brad Gray. He, is, uh, he studies historical context and how the Bible fits, because... Um, it's Jewish tradition that we don't know. And there are a lot of references in the Bible that we don't understand in our modern context. So he really simply, really powerfully breaks down um, that interpretation. So I'd highly recommend them as well. So this is the process. I look at a verse, I study it, I look at the context, maybe watch a Bible project video, and then I go back to the concordance, I go back to that list on Bible, Blue Letter Bible, and I pick another verse and then I go through it. Sometimes a verse, a different word stands out to me and so I kind of go down that direction. That's totally fine. Other times I'm like, I'm gonna just stay in this for weeks or months. Um, but sometimes I'm like, uh, this word wasn't actually what I thought it meant, which was helpful to know, but I'm gonna switch to something else. So you make that decision. The purpose of this is so that you can get reminders and then you can, you know, I have clothing, I wear a lot of graphic tees. A lot of my graphic tees have to do with word studies that I've done. So I have several colors of a shirt that says choose joy. That's from my endurance study when I studied what it meant to choose joy no matter your circumstance. Uh, I also have phone backgrounds you know, that have significant meaning from different word studies that I do. So whatever you need to do to remind yourself of the truth in the Bible, that's what you do. Um, and that is what is important. So I wanna go back to the toolbox as we close. When you look at your toolbox, is it missing essential pieces to study the word of God. Maybe you, this is all brand new to you and you're like, man, I don't have any of those tools. I just encourage you to pick one and start this week, engaging with the word of God in a different way. Maybe you're like, nope, I've got, my toolbox is full, but they're a little dusty. So blow that dust off your tools and try to start using them again. I'd encourage you, if you've never tried a word study, to pick a word. Maybe it's one of the five that we laid out. You can go on the website, wearetrinity.com slash wordstudy to see a list of all five, and it gives you some questions to get started in those. I'd encourage you to do that. And take the next step of inviting somebody else to come along with you in that word study and in that um, endeavor of engaging with the word of God more deeply. And remember, the reason we engage with the word of God is not so that we become these great, astute biblical scholars, but that we can fall in love with Jesus more and we can walk more closely with him and which in turn draws us closer to one another. 
Uh, I want to invite the elders and the prayer team forward as we close, and I will pray. But after I pray, I want to let you guys know that Elizabeth Stepnowski and her small group have made us cookies to celebrate the end of the Bible engagement, um, and they have written scripture on those cookies. Uh, Marvin, uh, Pastor Marvin, as you know, has been talking about the Bible is food, so we actually get to eat it uh, today. So... That's just fun. So I will pray, and then you can go get cookies. You can come forward for prayer. Maybe get your cookie first, and then come forward. Um, So uh, let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to engage with your word and learn um, how to engage with it in a different way um, that maybe we've never tried before. I pray that you would reveal to us the tools that we need um, in our toolbox where we're lacking And Lord, I pray that you would increase our hunger for the word of God and raise our level of courage to study the word of God and apply it in our lives. Um, I pray a blessing over each person here. You know what's happening in each of our lives. And I just pray that you would bless their homes, their lives, their families as they go about their week. In your precious and holy name, amen. Thank you guys. Have a great week.